You're listening to a Cripple and Co. production. Hey, Andrew, how are you? Hey, Kristen. I'm okay, but if I'm really honest, I haven't been doing super great lately. I'm kind of super, really, really down. Oh no, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, you and I talk all the time. We talk every day. And you know I've been thinking about going to therapy. But I've been to Mm -hmm. therapists before. And I'm afraid that a therapist wouldn't understand all my disability stuff. And you know how much I love talking about disability, right? Yeah, I hear you have like a whole podcast about it. Right? I mean, I talk about it all the time, everywhere. And I'm just worried that I don't want to explain to a therapist, like, what is ableism? What is disability? Like, I don't want to do that before we get into my stuff you know yeah that's fair you shouldn't have to like fully educate a therapist before starting a therapeutic process and I think that's really hard because honestly you deserve support from someone who gets it you get it you're my best you, like you're my best friend you get it what do you think I should do I mean I think you should find a disability informed support person to help you work through this if anyone listening to this is interested I'm actually offering disability informed support for $40 per session. Whoa, whoa, $40 a session? That's super cheap. The last time I checked, one session was like over a hundred bucks, but we can still talk about disability stuff, right? Oh, absolutely. Like everything from like physical changes in your body to ableism and exploring internalized ableism, grief that comes with disability, chronic pain, all that good, terrible stuff that so many of us live it's so fun isn't it it's like so great yes and i i know you also do you also offer support for non-disabled people too right yeah i do support for able-bodied and non-disabled people as well because really i mean everyone gets sick or experiences illness or vulnerability at some time in their life and well that's a different experience than living with chronic disability i think it's all very related and if you're going through any sort of life change where you're having grief related to bodily change or body difference, I'm more than happy to support you with that as well. I think everybody deserves and needs affordable support. I think that it's such a great thing you're offering, and I want to make sure that all the lovely listeners of Disability After Dark can reach you. How do they do that? Okay, well, right now they can reach me by email. It's Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, dot Williams, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S, one zero at gmail.com and you can email me there to ask me questions or uh, let me know if you'd like more information or you can go straight to booking a support session with me awesome well i i can't i can't speak any more highly of this amazing thing i'm so excited that there's finally disability centered support for stuff like ableism and for stuff like internalized ableism and all the stuff that we go through that we never get to talk about and thank you so much for offering it and for putting yourself out there, Kristen. Aw, thanks, Andrew. I hope you feel better soon. Me too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com 
using coupon code AFTERDARK. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Clonawilly.com. Clonawilly and Clonopussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. All materials are ethically sourced and 100% body safe. If you shop at Clonawilly.com right now and use the promo code DARKPOD at checkout, you can get 20% off site-wide. Wow! That's a deal that cannot be cloned. I talked to one of the representatives the other day, and they are more than willing to answer any questions you have about how to make your own clone of willy or clone of pussy, how to use the kit. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willy or cloning a pussy with you, and they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns. So if you want to pick up your own clone of willy or clone of pussy kit right now, head over to clonawilly.com and use promo code DARKPOD, that's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout right now. And remember, this is a deal that cannot be cloned. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. Well, it's summertime here in Canada where I'm recording, and you know, in summertime, we're always told to go outside and explore our national parks. But, you know, for all disabled people, exploring our national parks is just not accessible. Well, I want to tell you about a really cool event that's looking to change that. My friends at the Engineering Health Lab at the Kite Research Institute University Health Network are hosting a virtual conference on national park accessibility in Canada. This free event will take place from August 23rd through August 25th, 2022. The goals of this completely free event are What does national park accessibility look like to me and why is park accessibility important? What are the major barriers that impact national park accessibility for people with disabilities? And what are innovative solutions to improve park accessibility for people with disabilities? You know, I think this is such a great initiative and something you don't want to miss out on because we really need to be considering accessibility everywhere, even throughout our national parks in Canada. So to register for this free event, please head to www.parksaccessibilityconference.ca today. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled, we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends, and thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I am your deliciously disabled daddy host, Andrew Gerza. Let us get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get this show started, shall we? 
Just a couple housekeeping notes. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark to keep the bright light shining on disability stories at this show. And you can pledge as little as $1 a month, up to $5 a month or more, or a yearly amount. If that works for your budget, I would really appreciate it. And it would help the show keep going. So pledge if you can, or you can also leave us a review wherever you podcast. I would appreciate that as well. Thanks so much, friends. Just before we get to the actual meat of the show, and it is a really good one and an important one today, I want to let you know also that I decided to make a little bit of extra money on the side as a freelancer, and to help out the disability community, I wanted to offer resume writing skills. I I was fortunate enough to help a friend of mine the other day redo her resume and and make it disability-centric, and it was really fun and and fun for me to to use my skills around disability marketing to do that for her. So I decided that I wanted to offer that to other people and I wanted to offer it to my community. So I'd like to be able to sit down with you and consult and see what kind of work you're looking for and what your talents are and what your talents around your disability are to make your disability an asset. So I'm offering $45 per resume that I will make all fancy and nice for you, and I will make completely disability-centric for you, so you can land the job making sure that your resume is disability-driven, which I think is really, really important in this current climate that we're in, that we use our disability as an asset, and I think it could be really, really valuable for a lot of people out there looking for jobs, and also, you know, I can use my skills to puff up why... Things like working from home need to be an option, accessibility needs to be an option, stuff like that on the resume and on the cover letter. So if that's something you're interested in, consider reaching out to me at andrew at com, and I would love to help you make a resume so you can land the job. Um, so yeah, reach out to me if you're interested. Thanks, friends. On the show today, I sit down with my fellow podcasting friend, Kyle Getz, of the hit queer podcast, Gayish. Seriously, if you haven't listened to that show, you really should, because they're fucking funny, and it's a great, important show, talking about queer community. But I sit down with Kyle, because he emailed me last, in the probably around the end of last year, we recorded this in November 2021, and they emailed me to say that their depression was starting to be something that they that was disabling them and they wanted to consider if their de- their depression was a disability for them and they wanted to talk that through with me and I was really really honored to sit with Kyle and chat with them about their experiences and how depression was disabling for them and he was really vulnerable with me and I really appreciated their candor in this interview and I was really excited to be able to chat with him but I love being able to bring people into the fold and just have a talk with them about disability, even if they haven't considered disability or if, if they haven't considered themselves disabled just yet. So I was really, really proud to host Kyle again, to chat with him, and this was a really important interview. One of the things he said, which is the tagline for this interview, which I which I really can't stop thinking about, was he said, I'm depressed, I'm not a bad person. And I think that's really important, and I think that's something that a lot of us with disabilities 
We also live with our, our physical disabilities, and I know that I live with cerebral palsy and depression, and I often think that depression does make me a bad person. So hearing him say that was really um, important for me, and I hope that this interview is important for all of you, too. So without further ado, and enough of my rambling, here's my interview with Kyle Getz, right here on Disability After Dark. Kyle, hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's good. It's so nice to have you back on the show today. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, it's great to talk to you again. It's been a bit. Yeah, it was really kind of surprising to get your email. I was surprised. Well, not surprised, but I was like, oh, that's a different take because you had asked to come back on the show to talk about some stuff today. Yeah. So I would definitely want to do that with you, but just in case anyone's listening and they don't know how we know each other and they don't know why you're back on the show can you um introduce yourself a little bit yeah we met in a sex club in 1994 when we were both traveling in florence wow when i was 10 and you were probably younger than that (laughs) um yeah um no that's none of that is true um uh we have been on each other's podcasts i do the podcast gayish and uh a newer podcast have a nice gay uh we've uh been on each other's and um and we're part of like a cool queer little podcasting group that's just yeah kind of knows each other virtually <laughs> yeah we're i mean we've never met in person one day soon no, hopefully yeah safe yeah to go places we will <laughs> yeah. uh but like yeah no I, and i was excited to get your email when you said like that you wanted to talk about disability stuff because i was like oh that's i didn't know that you were f- exploring that yeah it's yeah, it, I mean, I've been um, trying to. I've, I've it, the 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 source of the question in my mind comes from depression, and uh, it's something that I've struggled with most of my life, and it's uh, gotten worse and worse as I've gotten older, and especially recently, um, it, it's progressed to a point where it really has an influence on my day-to-day life and can at times make it so I can't achieve kind of like basic things. And, and it, the kind of, I, I related to um, the producer in our show, Gayish was on uh, to talk about on your show to talk about um, his kind of journey. And um, I related to one part that he said where he mentioned in applying for jobs, like there's the little box that says, disability and um and i have started checking that as i've been applying to jobs because uh, like it one it's true like it's correct major depression is one of the things on the list and i want to make sure that if uh if i got a job that they would be required to afford me all the things that that would need to go along with that to in order for me to like keep being alive basically yeah yeah and so, I mean, let's, that's, I mean, first of all, I'm glad that my little little interview with Dan kind of sparked that for you. Cause I yeah. didn't even know, like I, we did it so separately, like I did it with Dan and then that was it. And that was probably, I think last year, maybe by now. Um, and so like, I didn't even know that that was an, on your radar until I got the email a couple of days ago and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. We can definitely talk about that, but let's, yeah. I want to back up a little bit. And just tell me about how you feel that depression has impacted your day today. Um, uh, 
today specifically sure just no oh okay okay in, in the world generally like okay. what what is how does how's depression impacted um, you yeah like i mean the biggest thing that i can uh, part of it is is so difficult because it's so like in your head and it, and it um i think sometimes i just question uh, it makes like I, I question like oh am i just like does, is this just what everyone deals with and i'm just like really bad at life and it's it, this is just normal and i i mean i've come to terms that that is not true but um uh my last job that i had I was so depressed that I could not force myself up even to go, like do basic things like attend a meeting. Um, and I w- was supposed to work with clients. So I was missing so many meetings. And that's like one of the signs, like not being able to, I- I'm the type of person that would never miss like meetings that I have scheduled with, especially with clients. Like that's just, I, that's, I mean, it, I want to say that's not who I am, but it literally was who I it was because yeah. I, I was doing that. But the fact that I couldn't force myself up to even do things that are required for my job, um, uh, that led to basically my, like, I got a really poor review and I, my boss was, it was either I, she was going to fire me or I, or I had to quit. And, and so I ended up quitting. So I, I now have a job that I can work from home and, is a little bit more manageable around if I'm like feeling particularly shitty or depressed. Um, but I, my ability to have a job like I used to, um, I, I wonder if I'll ever be able to have the same kind of job. Um, and do you, cause I know that a lot of people, like I know for me with my disability, I also had to kind of create my own job so that I could manage all the things that I do with my physical disability. And I also have depression too. So I know a little bit, but like, what that's like and how it is, how hard it is to like drag yourself in to do a job. And you're like, I don't feel happy at all. And it's not just today. It's like generally. So how did, like, did you have a discussion with your previous boss about like, Hey, this is, I'm not, I'm depressed, but I'm not a bad person. Like, what? what was the... <laughs> I, <laughs> I need to get a handout. Like, just have that, like, a little form that I give out to people on the street. Like, hey, everybody, I'm depressed, but I'm not a bad person. Um, uh, no, no, I never had that conversation. I, I've gotten, I think, because of on Gage, my co-host Mike is a very good, like personal, like friend. Uh, e- even when we're not recording ourselves, we're still friends. It's crazy. Um, but, Amazing. Yeah. Um, even outside of that, uh, or, or no, uh, yeah, outside of August, we just talk like he's really encouraged me and, and been a good source. So for me to like learn to open up to people. So I've done that better in my personal life of telling people I have depression and, and, and other kind of just personal things that I'm like getting better at sharing. And I have not done that at work. I just, I don't know. There's, uh, it's just like, I would have no idea if she is like mentally health competent. And if that would like, if she would understand that and be willing to do anything, or if she would have just been like, I like, I don't care. Go to your meetings. You know, like, uh, I don't know. It's hard to know how someone, especially that I don't know that well and only know her in this kind of more formal business setting would react to that. Yeah. And I think a lot of disabled people, you know, we all of us deal with how do we, how do I disclose this in a work setting? How do I come out as 
disabled or neurodivergent or neurodiverse or having visual disabilities, which I think with it, which I think mental mental um, depression is an invisible disability, sometimes not so invisible. Um, <laughs> but bringing that into the workplace is really hard because how do you how do you tell somebody that? How do you bring that up? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's hard to yeah it's hard to point to specific things to like it's one of those things i just imagine someone being like okay they're probably just making it up or okay here i i love that more and more people are talking about mental health issues including depression i also think i've heard enough people's experience with depression that they talk to their doctor they get prescribed prozac and they're like oh i felt so much better then which is awesome and i'm so happy for them that that's their experience with depression and mine is very different. I've I have a psychiatrist who I've been trying. I have like this list of like five or six or seven different medications that I've been that I've tried, and they're like usually people start on like five or ten milligrams of something that's like you know if someone gets like a Prozac, you know it might be a small dose and like up to twenty milligrams or something like that, and and mine are like at one hundred fifty two hundred fifty milligram levels, like much bigger doses because I I that's the only things that start to make any impact, and I've just like gone through all this medication and I'm reached the point where I've kind of given up on medication and trying other things, and it's so it's just it's it's um I. I also want people to know that like depression has so many like layers. Yeah. Yeah. And there's such, just like everything, there's a, a spectrum of it. And, and so, yeah, that that's what I, that's what I worry about when people talk about like, Oh, I'm depressed. I did, uh, you know, I don't want to minimize, like that's still a struggle. It still sucks. It's still difficult. And for some people it's more easily resolved than others or they're yeah, yeah. different, different types and affects people in different ways. And so when you were kind of composing the email to me being like, yo, I think we should like, I want to explore whether or not I'm disabled. Like it's a big, it's a big question to like pose to yourself and then come to me and be like, Hey, can we talk about this on a podcast where people will listen? (laughs) Um, What was it like for you to like come to that place where you want to explore it? Um, I, I think especially recent well i i started like <laughs> i i think one is like okay how do i i'm like learning trying trying to figure out and again like it, particularly in the last few years my direction has been particularly bad and i think that spurred me to kind of think about like oh shit like how does this affect like am I able to have a job that I, like I used to, and it, and I might not be able to have the same kind of job. And, and um, like, how do I manage a podcast like that, that we do? And, and luckily, unlike work things, when it's like with your friends that you're doing something just, you know, that you enjoy for fun, people are like, you can be a little bit more flexible. Like, how do I date yeah. someone? And when I like interact with someone I'm dating, this is a big thing that I'll, they'll have to learn that is part of the part of the package. And again, like, is the person I'm going to date, are they going to be mentally health competent? Are they going to know how to talk about depression? Because there are lots of ways you can fuck it up. And and so I think realizing all the different ways um, that this directly impacts me and and accepting that it's part of uh, my life forever <laughs> i think has kind of spurred this this question of uh, 
yeah what uh, yeah is it a disability and and how does and is it yeah yeah i don't know does the idea of it being a disability like what does that bring up for you does it scare you does it feel comfy are you like terrified of the idea what how do you feel about that if you say kyle gets is disabled how does that feel yeah i i like i feel like i just almost like stop myself from just saying that because it's it's like all the things it's scary the idea because it's it's like one of those things like there's probably something out there that's true whether whether, no matter what whether i want to admit or not but then like if i admit it then i'm like stepping into it and then that's like uh, it's like then it's kind of there it's not going away it's like uh if you if you if i accept you name it then then it's real yeah yeah damn it andrew i mean it's i know right it sounds i mean i and so many people that i've asked this question too and believe me you're not the first guest and you won't be the last that we've explored this with said like do i deserve to have the title of disabled am i taking it away from somebody who actually has you know more severe disabilities or different disabilities and to that i say no you're not taking it away it's your experience and you're allowed to name it what it is and if you calling if you have decided that it's a disability for you and it's disabling enough and it sounds like given that little thing you said at the beginning where you couldn't even go to meetings, like that's pretty disabling. If you can't can even go to a meeting and want to go to a meeting, then that's pretty much stopping you from having a life. And that's got to be hard. And if, if naming it as a disability is something that will bring you support to get the help you need to get better meds or, or a different type of, therapy or like something then i think it's great and also the thing about disability is that there's a culture around people who are disabled if you go on any kind of like twitter instagram or any social media there's a huge culture around disability of people who have invisible disabilities like depression and or or who have physical disabilities and depression and they're like yeah these are my disabilities so i think there's a lot of power in naming it what it is but i can see why it would be scary yeah yeah and so like there is like yeah that that kind of baggage that that comes with it there's the um uh, there's also something uh like the good side like if i if i were to more accept that and have to have that label like i mentioned it's like depression even at my worst when i can't get out of bed or do anything um like during COVID I didn't have a full-time job. So it was like makes it, it kind of, you could be in bed all day and then people just be like, Oh, well, he doesn't have a job. Like, that's fine. That's like, you could do that. And it's like, well, if you're not doing anything at all, all day and and are unable to like kind of do your basic maintenance or take care of yourself, like that's a little bit, um, but like there's, there's something um, that would be a little bit validating about, knowing for sure that that's true because it it like it's it's a a little bit more tangible kind of 
thing I could point to. I keep talking about, like, I, I have such a hard time of, like, am I just a shitty person that's really bad at doing life and everyone else is fine? It's, it's not just depression. It's just, like, I'm, I'm just bad at, like, everyone no one wants to get up in the morning so i should just try harder you know like that those are the kind of doubts yeah. and questions that that jump into my head and if there was something that was like i could say like okay this is definitively a disability and it's like almost one more thing to point to to help say like no this is real this exists this is different than you know someone who just has a rough day or is tired or hung over or whatever and doesn't want to get up it, there's there would there'd be something nice about yeah, you have a label to be like, look, see, I'm not just a fucker. I'm like, I'm not just fucking around with you. I have a real reason for. Now, yeah. now, like, also, I think it's important to remember too, like, labeling a disability doesn't excuse when we, as disabled people, do shitty things, like, right. or or don't show up or use our disability as a crutch to get out of stuff. Yeah, and believe me, I'm the first to tell you that I've done that many times <laughs> in my life, and it's you know it's not cool. But like, I think I do agree that I think having a label sometimes for other people that don't quite understand and I think you're like not really going through this. I think it helps them under, it helps them like see it differently. Yeah. 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 There's, there's so many doctors that I've been to. And when I talk about um, depression, will I think I'm sure they have to go through their basic things like, Oh, have you been exercising recently? Have you been eating right? And I'm like, Oh no. Okay. Let's back up. No, because I haven't been going to my job. I haven't been seeing any friends because I can't bear to get up. I have been deciding like whether I want to keep living. Like, no, I have not gone for a jog recently. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. Like let's really reset on what's going on here. So there's like a level of, I think severity that, that um, can, can be kind of go under the radar. Or people might not understand yeah, and I think, you know, similarly as somebody with physical disabilities and depression, I've had doctors be like, oh, just um, just read some more, just listen to your favorite song. And it's like, no, 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 I'm depressed because of the stuff that I'm going through as a disabled person and not being seen the right way. Like, I'm depressed because I can't suck a dick as easily as, like, so-and-so. <laughs> like, I'm trying to, to explain to you that, like, I'm depressed because people don't see me as a person because I'm because I have a disability. And so getting these doctors to like understand the, the nuances of, I think living with depression, it can be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I, the, the idea that someone's going to give you like a, you know, a, a go for a runner or listen to a song. I like, Man, it's literally I, what I had somebody say to me. They oh were God. like, "Oh, just put on your favorite music," and I was like, "Not, no." <laughs> like, That's I listen to my favorite music when I came over here, and I'm not any better. So that's like uh, just so I. Uh, that's so shitty. I hate that feeling of like uh, it's yeah, like hey, that's a dumb suggestion, and you're a dumb person for suggesting it. Yeah, and like, well, and like why would you even, like, and you're a doctor, and you're supposed to know better? Like, what? I don't understand how, like, what? So, but I'm curious, like, how has, because we both like sucking dick quite lots, mm-hmm. I listen to your show, I know, I've heard the things you say, I've heard, mm-hmm. and you're, you're drinking out of a cum mug as we're recording. <laughs> To everyone listening, who it's it's a it's a mug that says the word "come" on it. 
but there might also be cum in it. I don't know. You don't know what I'm drinking. drinking. I, yeah. yeah, I don't know what you're drinking. Um, so, but you know, how does the depression um, affect your queerness? Affect like relationships? Affect your sucking dick ability? Like, how does it <laughs> play into all that? Um, there are absolutely times of um uh motivation issues where i will like it's just jerk off central here in the house like there there's like i i'm not i don't want to see anyone talk to anyone do anything with anyone i don't have the motivation motivation to try to set up any plan so like but i still like get horny and and so like (laughs) so i like yeah so there are absolutely phases where i don't date and recently i've not been dating just because i'm like trying to get a different kind of treatment for depression and and i just don't think i can like mentally manage like another thing in my life so um yeah uh definitely go through phases of dating it's there's like this struggle of kind of planning out knowing that depression like happens in waves so i may like i've learned that if i schedule things when i'm feeling a little bit better I also have like a um, kind of like these uh, bipolar, like on some kind of bipolar spectrum where there are sometimes where I feel great and like I can do it all and things are going to be amazing. And um, during those moments, I've learned that I'm not, I can't schedule anything in the future because future me might not be, might not have this feeling and might not want to do this event that like current me wants to schedule. So like it's, it's hard to kind of plan out like, you know, people always like hate being ghosted and that's like, you know, in, in the, in the gay community, like everyone's like, Oh, people are ghosts. Like they're so toxic. They're so shitty. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sitting here like sometimes I can't, sometimes I schedule shit and I can't get myself up to do it. Like I've absolutely ghosted people and it's not about the other person. Like sometimes it's not about you. It's, it's purely like what I'm going through and existing. So yeah, sometimes I wonder if I'm, I'm going to be able to dating is a lot of effort. It's, it's a lot of work and you spend, have to spend a lot of time showing that you're like, that you're, that you care about this person, that you're going to show up for them, that you're going to like be there. And and especially up front, like, you know, you, you do a lot of stuff and doing a lot of stuff is hard when you're, when you're depressed sometimes. When you're depressed and don't even want to get out of bed. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, and, you know, I think also, too, like, ghosting in the gay community is really common. And it makes me wonder now, because people have ghosted me. Fuck. Somebody ghosted me an hour ago. So, like, you know, a part of me is like, well, maybe now I'm kind of looking back on that and being like, maybe he was just depressed. Maybe, like, I, sh- I should cut him some slack and, and look at it differently and maybe not be like, oh, my God, guys are the worst. And I should be like, maybe he's going to do a <laughs> mental health thing. We'll just let it go. Yeah. I mean, if it, yeah, everyone can't like, it can't be like every single ghosting is because someone's depressed. Uh, and no, no, most of it is because like dudes are assholes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But I think, um, uh, queer people are more likely to have mental health issues, are more likely to have depression, um, are more likely to struggle with, um, some of those other things I've talked before about like self harm and, suicidal thoughts like all those things kind of come with it and and um or at least for for me specifically but um 
queer people are more likely to experience all of those things. So I think that that makes the odds that someone is mentally health competent uh, and kind of get it uh, be a little bit better. So that's like at least the good side of dating. Um, and I think having, even if they don't experience it themselves, hopefully in the, in the gay world, having, um, you know, uh, having their experiences that people don't believe or understand, uh, hopefully would make them more open to like, let me, uh, I, I made an understand it, but let me listen to and understand your experiences. So, um, yeah. I think we have that going for us. Also, some people eat like, some people are assholes, whether they're gay or not. So like sometimes you, like you'll just find someone that is just doesn't know anything about depression. And, and you're just like, this is not this interacting with you is not at all going to work or it's not at all validating or is, you're not going to get, you're, you're going to hate this experience of dating me <laughs> because it's going to be yeah, very, yeah. it's going to seem very bad for everyone. <laughs> what do you, what would you say to all the people that you have, ghosted in times of like depression when you were just going through it and trying to navigate that um can we pause for like two seconds i heard somebody knock on my door hang on yeah two sure. seconds i think i may have an amazon delivery Ooh. hello cool i open the door and no one's there Maybe it's a ghost. It's a ghost. Like, We're talking about ghosting. It's a ghost. Weird. It's a ghost. It's, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't see anybody there. It's okay. Good. I tried. Uh, so yeah, what would, um, what was my, what was my question? Yeah. What would you say to like the dudes in your life that you've ghosted when you were having, going through depression? Um, two things. I, and this is a really good question because I've not, um, one is I wish I, um, could have been better at explaining why I was doing what I was doing. And that doesn't, that's not a, like, not a big paragraph or life story or anything, just explaining, sorry, depression, I can't do this. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, my tendency in the past it has been to, and it's still some, something I deal with is trying to avoid or hide from the problem. Um, and oh, yeah, that's my favorite. I'm, I'm like, if I just, <laughs> that's my favorite. If I just don't approach, <laughs> if I just don't approach that person and I don't look at it and I don't think about it, it's going to go away and yeah. it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Which, yeah. As we all know, is a horrible way of dealing with stuff, but I do it all the time. Like when I'm asleep. I don't have to worry about whether I'm depressed. I just get to it's be asleep. Great. You just get to be asleep and have dreams and it's fine. Um, so, so I, I wish I could, uh, be more open and direct with people before it happens so that they know, because I understand all the things that run through your mind of what is it me? Why did I do? What did I do something wrong? Like, uh, and I, and that feeling sucks. So I wish I could help take away that feeling by putting that out there. So th that's the first thing I wish I would have done. The second thing though, that I wish people knew is like, there are times in depression where I am struggling to stay alive. It is a, it is a life and death battle of deciding to live and so, like, that's, I I am 
honestly like most days just trying to do my best to get through and i get that it, it's shitty to feel like stood up and it feels shitty but like at the same time it's like i that what i'm doing every day is just trying to do the best to be a person that's alive in the world and so like i i just wish that other people understood that that's the level of severity that we're talking and and if I don't do something like go on a date or or respond to a text, uh, I, I, w- I want to be able to do those things. I don't like that I that I'm not doing those things. I don't want to be a person that stands someone up. That's not that doesn't feel good to me either. And and I don't know, but but sometimes I'm 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 not in a place where I can even deal with it that i can even respond that i can even say something um like i'm the queen i'm a i'm a i have chronic illnesses too and i'm a i'm the queen of chronic chronic canceling is what i'll call it because i cancel (laughs) things like i cancel things like last minute within within an hour before i have to do something sometimes five minutes before because my body just says fuck you no we're not doing it today (laughs) and but i understand the backlash do you remember a couple of years ago when that thing was going around on like social media, that Sahara thing where you could like tell somebody a secret, but they don't know who you are. No. There was some website from like four years ago or whatever, where you could, you could sign up for it. And people that knew you would anonymously leave comments about you. And so I did it. Cause I was like, okay, cool. All these people are doing it. So I did it. And the very first comment I ever got was something like, you're really cool. And I really like you, but, uh, we tried to hook up like three times and each time you canceled and like there was a shitty thing to do. And all I wanted to do was be like, whoever you are, I wish I could tell you that I was struggling. Like, I wish I could <laughs> tell you that I wasn't doing great. Yeah. And, like, but I think, you know, you'll find if you decide to take on disability as an identity for yourself, you'll find that so many of us with chronic illnesses and disability constantly are rescheduling. Like you saw, even just to get today's, recording done we did it like six to, we it's like there's 17 emails in my inbox that are like okay what about this time what about this time and like that's you know as somebody with chronic illness disability and depression like i know the game of like i want to find the right time for you but i also might cancel immediately because my body says no yeah yeah i there there is um something i heard that i i really liked is like coming out of depression is like going on this apology tour like you like you're you're sunk in this depression you're avoiding everything not talking to people not doing the things you should be not going to appointments or anything and then once you once it starts to lift then this is actually one of the struggles of like getting out of depression is like okay well what appointments did i miss what friends did i stand up what events did i cancel on like and and you feel like you have to then go and and like re reschedule your life or or kind of fix it with everyone around you and it's and exhausting hope and then hope that by the time you reschedule that you're not you're not in another like low point of depression. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, it's, uh, planning, trying to like think and plan ahead for like, that's that uh, when we were, when we were scheduling this on my side, I'm like, am I going to be able to get up to do this thing? Like in what place am I at right now that I think I can, you know, like, yeah, trying to, 
yeah. think ahead to how uh, how you're going to be feeling the next day is interesting. You might want to put something on your in your email, like in your in your signature for your personal emails or even your social media. Just be like, hey, thank you for writing me. I'll respond in two to three days. P.S. There's a chance I might not get back to you at all because <laughs> depression is real. Like I put a thing on my email that's like due to chronic pain and and all the other disability stuff that I deal with, you might not hear from me for a while and I might just forget your email. So, you know, keep trying. <laughs> yeah. And like, even with this podcast, I can't tell you how many times I've had to reschedule or I've done interviews that I haven't released yet that I forgot that I did that I was like, oh, fuck, I have to release that. Okay, wow. And people will come back at you and be like, well, why didn't you release it? It's like, well, because I'm going through like stuff. Plus also like, <laughs> I don't have a team behind me managing it. Like, I'm jealous of you guys at Gage because I don't have a fucking Dan to do my. It's mm. me doing all of it. So like, <laughs> I don't have a team of people doing it for me. It's me. So when people come to me and be like, "Why do you do this?" It's like, well, I'm also like depressed, and if you yell at me, I'm not going to want to do it anymore. <laughs> like, people that uh, don't struggle with depression, like they reply to emails within a couple days. And they follow through on the things that they say they can do. And they think of new ideas of new things they could do. It's crazy. It's like, it's, it's. Yeah. It's a whole other person. It's like, yeah. It's insane. All the, all the things they can do on time and when they committed to them. Um, yeah. I, I, and <laughs> I think I also, someone told me that like the phrase, like, sorry for the delay if that's if that's what i start my email with that means hey i've been crippling depression for the for the last month and haven't gotten to your email and i'm finally writing you back and know it's been a very long time and know how late it is but i'm finally trying like that's what that phrase means yeah definitely and like in my email disclaimer when i say like i might be having a high pain day that's code for I probably wanted to die once today, but I'm figuring it out and I'll get back to your email eventually. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, I, I, I'm, if I don't get back to you, I might be somewhere wanting to die. So, deal, yeah. so, we'll, so I'll get back to you once I've decided. In. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, do you, so do, does, just back to like one of the earlier questions, because I'm curious now more. Uh, do you think, does, does, now that we've kind of talked it through a bit, does the idea of like saying I'm Kyle Getz, I'm disabled, does that still feel like weird or does it feel comfier yet or not? Um, I think one of the, like you said, like one of the fears is that like you're, you're taking the label or that it doesn't actually apply to you and like you, you don't belong in it in, this kind of community. And as we've talked about it, like the fact that you um, have said, Oh, other people with disabilities, here's like the thing they do or the, like they like, this is a struggle that other people have in this community too. And, and here's what they say. Like, like all of when you said apology tour, I was like, Oh my God, that's my life. I do that <laughs> all the time. And if you look back at my email inbox right now, most of my emails are me saying, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to take forever to respond to that. Now I am. All right. Yeah. So I get it. I fully understand the apology tour. And I think that, first of all, it takes fucking guts to like reach out to somebody who you've only talked, we've only talked like twice 
on the, on your show. We haven't really, we're not, we're, you know, we're not super duper close. So to get that email from you, I was like, wow, he must feel comfy enough to like want to explore that. That's a big, it's a big thing to want to say, I think this is me. How do I talk about this? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like you've, you've uh, built up a, a safe kind of community that, that makes it feel okay to talk about some of the scary things. So we, even though we've only talked a few times, I've heard you talk a whole bunch. So <laughs> I mean, we should definitely talk more when we're not we when we're not recording. That, that's like, the thing when you're like podcast runs with people is sometimes you only talk with mics in front of you. <laughs> yeah, like we like we you and I have never actually talked like humans yet. So I'd like to do that at some point. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, but I also think like, you know, you coming out as or even exploring the the possibility of coming out as disabled, I think you could find some real community there. I think you could find a real identity to, to give yourself a home to land. Cause right now, like, like you said, depression is so, such a common buzzword that we use for a lot of stuff right now. And like when you equate it to disability, it gives it a bit more weight and a bit more like, Oh, they're not just sad and bad eating bonbons crying over this. Yeah. They're actually going through something. And like, I think particularly around gay stuff, when gay, people or male identified people say they're depressed what we picture is like some fantastic twink in a bed with a bunch of bonbons crying <laughs> over a boy that broke their heart yeah and like clearly from what you've told me that's not the story and like i have depression too and i know what the story is the yeah. story is i wanted to i'm i don't feel good today yeah. but also like i think the label of disability when you give it to yourself or find a way to make it part of your identity it can be very empowering. That's part of why I use disability in the name of my podcast, why I use like queer cripple in, in the stuff that I do, why I'm very upfront about the fact that I'm disabled because I think it's great. So you could start saying I have depression and I'm disabled by it. And like, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And it might yeah. be a way through for you. Yeah. 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 That's, I, <laughs> I think um, the reason I, I've thought about this so much about why we don't see like, representation of depression and it, yeah and it's not like someone just sitting at home like like crying like literal crying is rarely part of my actual depression like so yeah and it's the reason we don't have it in media is because it's it's very boring like a movie about depression would be someone asleep in their bed like it's it would just be like you can't even if you montage depression it'd be like they're sleeping in their bed this day or at least for me they're sleeping in their bed that day hey look they're sleeping in their bed again that day like the montage of depression is even boring like you can't like there's nothing to show because it's it's just it, it's so boring and like and like you're not gonna at least for me it's not something that like oh then you recover from and it's over like it's just a continuous struggle it's just yeah there's the, any representation of it would be very slow and just not fun to watch but I think the montage of the apology tour would be hilarious. Like I would watch that. I would watch the montage of you sending the apology text over and over and over and over again. Re rescheduling dentist appointments and yeah, taking my dog for a long walk because he hasn't gotten one recently. Rescheduling you know. that blowjob with that guy on Grinder you met that time. Being Got like, it. hey, sorry, I was <laughs> hey, gonna like blow you that time. Hey, I'm depressed and it's hard for me to get out of bed. Could you come here and just use my mouth however you want? Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll be laying. I, I don't have to. 
I'll just be laying here in like weird silence. I can send to all of it, and I love this, but I also don't want to be involved. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the, there should be like a hookup app for depressed people so that they know like, <laughs> hey, my medication is going to make it so my dick's not hard, but you can go ahead and put stuff in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> there really should be a gay sex app for depressed gays. Like depression, depress. <laughs> I'm trying to turn or like uh, scruff. Scruff could be like enough. <laughs> no, I'm trying to. I'm trying to like depress. Like press. No, I got nothing. We'll have to work on our brain. Pressure, pression. We'll figure. We'll figure it out. But yeah, no, I think like I think you know there should be. Maybe more like I would love to see a, a depre- uh, depiction of depression like gay porn and then like, you know, the media we consume because mm-hmm. our queer queer media is so flashy and bright and beautiful and everybody's like, you know, has six packs and does all the fucking and we know that's not true. Yeah. But we also don't talk about, you know, what happened before the performers got together. Maybe one of them was depressed and they don't want to do the scene, but they're going to do it because... It's hot, but also they're having depression the whole time. Like, I wish we could show that more. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, I think that's one of the things that I think is valuable about talking about it is, you know, sometimes you see other people and they're like doing something. You're like, Oh, that looks so easy for them. And, and not enough people talk about like what happened behind the scenes. Like maybe, you know, doing that thing took everything they had to do it they had needed so many people to support them to to do it or you know like you never know what's kind of going on behind the scenes and um yeah yeah um to i i uh did make a documentary over covid about my experience with self-harm and depression so that's something uh people can check out if they want actual realistic depictions of of what it's like Oh, nice. That's, that's, I mean, I've been in a doc too, so I know like the pressure of that, but I can't imagine the pressure of doing a doc about the thing, like about depression. Like that's, 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 that's a lot. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah, it was one of those things that, um, I don't know. I, I, I always have the struggle of like, I'm really bad at being upfront and honest and want to lie to people. That's been my philosophy is just lie and then everything will be fine. Um, so I'm working <laughs> on being more honest about things. That's a bad philosophy right there. That's not, that's because you lie and trick people into liking you and then you slowly reveal who you are, but they already like you. So you can't, they can't do any, they're stuck. You, there, there's <laughs> the, nothing could go wrong with that plan. Nothing. There's no way I, to know. <laughs> but um, yes, I, I've been working on being more honest and I guess that turns into like when I do like podcasts or film or, or writing, it turns into just an abundance of honesty. Maybe I'm making up for all the faking I've been doing for so much of my life by just like, all of the honesty is now like spilling out. So yeah, it was weird and hard, but. And, what, uh, and what's it called? Um, it's called for attention. It'll be on the gayish podcast, YouTube channel. So um, you can look for it there. And yeah, it's, it's mostly about um, self-harm and uh, kind of what that experience is and for attention, because when people oftentimes see someone that, that self self-harms, that's the kind of, 
question or the 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 way to to just kind of throw away what they're doing and ignore yeah, it. Yeah, they'll say like, "Oh, you're attention, you're an attention seeker. Like you're just yeah. doing it for attention." I I read something on one of the memes that goes around like the social media the other day that was like, instead of calling it attention seeking, what if we called it like connection craving or something? And I was mm. like, "Whoa, that's like <laughs> you're not right." You're not wrong. Yeah, like you're yeah. right. That is that is what we're looking for. And so like, yeah. I I I never thought saw the like. If they are seeking attention, like what's wrong with that? Like they if they're going through something so bad and they don't know how, and it's bottled up so much that they need to find an outlet that that communicates it and they, and, and they don't know how to do it. Like what's wrong with seeking attention and help. Yeah. Like, you know, the, 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 it's one of those ways that we use to dismiss and not engage with something that's really heavy. Like maybe it's a defense mechanism of people cause they don't want to like get into it. Or maybe they really do think like this is actually nothing, but it's, it helps us avoid the deep hard shit. Yeah, and I think, like, but I agree with you. The way we use attention-seeking is, like, a diminished or less-than thing. I never thought about it that way. I never thought about asking why is it bad to want attention. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so now I will. My mind's also been blown again. But I want to, <laughs> because, you know, we're on this episode today kind of exploring you thinking about using disable for yourself do you have any questions around that or any like anything um, around the disability experience that you were curious about um okay so when i've i mentioned like applying for jobs and kind of checking off the box and i read like what you know if if you say you have major depression what does that mean for like what work has to do to accommodate you and some of the things they mention are like they have to allow you to go to appointments, you know, for your therapy or, or whatever. And it's like, oh, this is very, so light on the, like, what it, what it enables for you or what it, like, lets you do. Is, yeah. So I'm curious, like, I don't know. How do you, is, I guess you mentioned that's like part of just making your own job. Like, how, yeah. How do you deal with when the, what's allowed by, letting people know you have some kind of disability isn't enough to accommodate you. I remember I would, I, and I didn't get this when I was employed by a bigger company. I worked for a phone, a telecom company years ago and I begged them to work from home and they were like, no, we need you in the office. And I'm like, oh. no, you don't go like, you, and now it's funny because the pandemic happened and you clearly don't need me in the office. But like, you know, at the time they were like, no, no, we need you here. But I remember having to go to them and say, like, this schedule you've done for me doesn't work because I have caregivers to manage. I have to try to get to and from the office. Like, I constantly had to sit down with perspective, like, my employers, my bosses, and, like, gently bring up to them the fact that, like, your policy is ableist in the nicest way. <laughs> and I didn't have language for what ableism was then. So I would just say, like, hey... And I didn't want to be the problem guy. So I'd say like, hey, this is uh, not going to work for me. Can we like chat about it? And so I tried to always stay really like even keel. And oftentimes they would say no. But I can remember like 
there were multiple times when I worked at the job where I would have to change the schedule and make them do things for me that they would never do for anybody else. <laughs> Cause I was like, I need this from you. And then even when they did that, there were days when I couldn't come in because disability got in the way. Yeah. And I remember when they would, they tried to chastise me once and they brought me into the office in front of everybody else mm-hmm. in the like the main part of the call center and showed me all the days that I hadn't been working. And I was like, what are you trying to do here? Like, I know I'm not there. I know I haven't been there. Like, I'm fully aware that I've lost <laughs> money by not being like, I get what's happening. But the fact that you're trying to shame me into being here is really gross. That's insane. Yeah. So I would say like, start off really nice and start off trying to be like, trying to work with them and see how much they'll bend for you. And if they fuck you over, then you sue. And <laughs> also like, also by saying, by saying you have a disability, you have more grounds to sue because you have the ADA over there. Mm. So if you can get your depression diagnosed as a disability, then you can say, well, you're suing, you're, you're discriminating me against me based on my disabilities, which are more, well, you know, this and this and this. And I think like using disability as a way to protect yourself if they start fucking with you. That's a good idea. Man, I still, I still, I can't get over that they brought you into a room with everyone. They brought me into the, into the, like, the main call center where we did all our calls. And they called me over to the, the front desk where the managers are. And my manager was like, hello, Andrew. I wanted to show you something. And I knew it was coming because I had been off for like a month mm-hmm. and I had been unable to like get there. And yes, yeah. there were moments where I 100% used my disability to not go into work a hundred million percent i did but i was 22 and i was kind of stupid and so whatever <laughs> but but like they showed me a chart and they color-coded it so green was the days that i was there and red was the days that i wasn't there and i was like what are you guys what is this <laughs> and like they showed me that and were like you have to do better or we're gonna fire you and i was like and then the next day i wrote them a letter and said i'm not returning like i quit I don't care about your shitty job. I don't <laughs> care about this call center. And I left, but Good like, you. I should have fought them and been like, you guys are fucking ableist. Like, I'm not mm. going to stand for this, but I wanted to, you know, preserve kindness. Cause I thought I had to be so super nice all mm. the time. So like you could in working with your employer and seeing what's possible, like work with them, but know you have this in your back pocket. If they fuck with you. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, but did you have any like, because the disability community is so vast and different and new for a lot of us. So like, do you have any like, I want to know this question. Um, no, I think uh, no, I I think a lot of like where I'm at needs to like. I think I'm coming to terms with like the, the permanence of, of what I'm going through. So a lot of what I need to like deal with is more like in my own head and, and rather than like externally. So no, I don't think I have any other questions about disability. Well, that's cool. (laughs) That's cool. Uh, How is this like, 
let's say you decided after the call today, after this interview, that you're going to use disability. How do you think that would affect your relationship with Mike and fucking Dan? Um, they are very, like, they're so, like, open, accepting, good. They understand, like, the 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 depth of, like, what I've dealt with, I think, more than a lot of people because just like when you work with someone you like uh you know when we do the podcast like you you just kind of have to like understand some of their idiosyncrasies and the ins and outs and what it's like so they i think they understand the, the level so i if i said that that's a label i wanted to use they would be totally fine with it um for, and i think that i think they would they would understand where that's coming from and and um uh and i think that would be a very easy and accepting conversation, which is very nice to have people in your life that you feel comfortable, like sharing that level of, and you know, you can expect a validation and an acceptance. Yeah. I think that they would be, but I also know yeah. like coming out to your friends as having a disability can be really fucking scary because people have all these different views of disability. And so when I talked to fucking Dan last year, pretty sure we did it last year by now. Um, <laughs> When I talked to him last year, he said the same thing. I'm like, I don't know how to come out about this. How do I do this? Like, how do I tell people that I am disabled now? And so, like, I kind of like that you want to explore it. And again, it might not be a label that you want to use, but knowing that it's there and knowing that there's a community there for you might be helpful, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I guess, yeah, like... this is there's gotta be some kind of like yeah depression and disability um kind of thing that that people have explored and it's it's so weird because i i try to give people advice on the on the on the queer side when they have like these kind of questions and like well am i actually queer and do i count and and should i am i included and all that stuff and it's you know when it's someone else um it's it's so easy to like be like, yeah, like if you if you think the label, of course, is, go for yeah. it. You're, it's great. Like it's it's so easy to answer when it's someone other than yourself. But, <laughs> yeah. but but I would also say that it's okay if like you get off this call and you're like, you know what? I don't think I am. I don't think I am. Yeah. But I want to keep exploring how that feels. That's okay too. Like I'm not saying you should become you should use the label immediately and it's totally who you are. That's not how this works. It can yeah. be, you can decide one minute you are, and then the next minute maybe it doesn't fit. So it's okay if you like wax and wane around that a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. I think the like understanding a, a lot, so like some of the things that we've been talking about are, are more reflective of how I've felt in in the past about depression or, or the, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to be more in a place of acceptance about its level of severity and impact on my day-to-day life. So I, I do feel like whatever I call it, I, I am accepting the, the, that it is in fact a, something that directly affects my quality of life, my ability to live and do stuff and have jobs and relationships. So like whatever we want to call that, like I, I'm at least accepting of that level of severity and and impact on me. Um, Yeah. And also remember too, like using disabled, it's not a bad word. So you don't have to, if you decide that that's a label that works for you, you don't have to like hide that away or like like use euphemisms to describe it. If 
that's who that, that's what ends up bidding for you it's okay to be like hi my name's kyle gets i am disabled <laughs> here's how yeah like yeah it's, it's all right that would have to that would definitely have to be something to that i would have to practice at like yeah I'm not used to not used to feeling like that's okay that would be okay to put up front and center so and that's my own kind of internal ableism i mean it totally is okay to to feel that way and still get to like practice that and like maybe you could like go in front of the mirror later and do that with yourself because it is it's a big step it's a big thing you're exploring and like maybe disabled isn't the label that you use but again to know that it's there for you and to know that there are people on the on the instagram and on the twitter and on the social <laughs> media and on this podcast that are listening and on your podcast i'm sure who are like Yep, felt that way too. Don't know how to navigate that, but at least someone's talking about it. So like, <laughs> know that just by having this conversation and thinking about how depression sometimes feels like a disability for you, yeah. maybe more than most, and wanting to explore, am I disabled by this? It's a big, it's a big deal. It's not an easy conversation to have. And I appreciate that you wanted to have it today. I very much appreciate uh, both you and your podcast and also like the style of the, like just talking through this because it just helps to have like a, uh, someone with experience, but like in an open and non-judgmental way, like the scariest idea is someone is like, what the fuck are you talking about? You idiot. That's not what it's about. And you're, and like, go leave, like go home. Like you're, yeah, you know, like, I mean, yeah. that's definitely not my podcast style at all. If I do it that way, if I've ever done it that way to anyone, I am so sorry. No, you, you should develop like your angry, your angry podcast where you just yell at people. Cause that would also be a very enjoyable podcast. But I um... mean, I would a hundred percent like to do a, a, a spinoff podcast where I just <laughs> yell at people for their ridiculous things. Well, my episode, you could just yell at me to turn me on. So. You know, that's I mean, a that's don't a separate I do that episode. already. Isn't that what I'm doing right now? Doesn't that just happen if automatically? You're, if you were angrier at me, then then that would work. So if better. I was like, if I was like, if I yelled, if I screamed, <laughs> you turn me on. Like what? <laughs> I don't know what to do. The problem with I being mean, virtual already, is you can't. I already have. Me. I mean, oh, and I'm really good at that though too. <laughs> oh no! Andrew, I mean, I, listen, doing? I already have. I already have fucking Dan in the bag. If he ever gets to Toronto, <laughs> he's promised me we're going to, like, do some shit together. So now I'll have you, too. Amazing. Good. <laughs> yeah, but, no, I, I appreciate you talking through and exploring. And, uh, yeah, it's something I'm going to, you know, keep keep doing and and figure out how to navigate for probably a while. And it's okay to, like I said, it's okay to be afraid of that identity for yourself. It's also okay to, you know, some days it'll fit more than it does. And that's all right, too. Like, it's not set in stone. But I do think that if you decided that disabled was something you wanted to call yourself, there would be people, like, who would who would immediately support you. Because you have such a platform. And, you know, I think also also maybe we do an episode on your show where we talk about it on your show because also like your platform, you and Micah to, to, to really, really awesome guys who, who talk about a lot of queer stuff and a lot of, and sometimes disability stuff. And I know cause I've been on there a bunch, but like, you know, I think to bring it in there more to have 
to have hosts who are disabled or hosts who identify as disabled would also change the listenership of your show. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. We talk, Mike and I talk about a lot of, uh, we, I think we don't talk about it in terms of like necessarily how, how I'd label it, but yeah, we talk about, I, I took a month off from the podcast cause I couldn't, I just couldn't manage all, like everything. I just had to step away from things and, and, um, yeah. So we, we at least talk about them. Um, uh, and, and the severity of, of like kind of mental health. I think putting more of that in the podcast sphere is really, would be really valuable too, because of kind of the, because of the lack of representation of, of queer, queer men or people saying I have depression. Like we know we do, but we don't talk about it enough. Yeah. So let's, we should talk about it. Like, you know, queer men, the only thing we see in our community is like, I'm down to suck your dick. And I came <laughs> out and it was hard. And like, that's all we see. And there's no middle ground of like, yo, I'm also depressed. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. We, yeah. The, the, st- the stories we have that are just focused on queer people are, yeah, they're all that like someone was promoting a, a book that, and they were like, does not feature any coming out stories. And I'm like, yes, thank you. Like I, I'm done with those. I just, they're, we've done them enough and we struggle with way more. We've than done that. them for like 40 years. And there's so much more yeah, to it than that now. Like that's the only storyline we got. Cause it was the only thing straight people were interested in. And so like, yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Is there any other amazing things you want to say about yourself or depression or disability or any of that? Um, I have, no, I have no more insights. I have, I, uh, no, no, this, I think this, this covers it, you know, and just like doing my best. And you are doing your best. You're doing quite well for <laughs> someone who said that, you know, some days they can't get out of bed. The fact that you got yeah. up to like do this show means you're doing pretty awesome. So thank you. Yeah. Um, and how can the people get a hold of you? How can they follow you? How can they support you? Yeah, the um, the show we've been talking about a lot with uh, my co-host Mike is Gayish. So you can find that on all social media platforms. We also have a newer, uplifting uh, daily show called Have a Nice Gay, where we just say it's a safe for work podcast. It's like five minutes long where we just say good things and we talk about good things because we don't have enough good just uplifting happy things in the world um, oh i like that i like yeah. that and didn't you guys also produce uh wasn't it shakespeare didn't that go for a while we we had to pause that during uh covid because we were recording yeah mike uh adapted romeo and juliet to be romeo and julian to be a gay uh love story and uh we were doing uh audio like uh, that that will be a podcast we haven't so we haven't picked that back up after uh covid but that'll be something um that i yeah i'm excited about that that mike uh mike is working on and then like i mentioned there's a uh documentary um i uh probably by the time this goes up we'll have released and you can find that on the gayish podcast youtube channel and it's called for attention if you want to send me like a private link I'll send so you I link. can like secretly watch it later. And it's, not tell anybody. Yeah, I will send you. I will send you a link. It's heavy. Trigger trigger warning for self harm, mental health, depression, uh, eating disorders. 
I'm trying to think of what else would go on. All the trigger warnings. Just, but yeah. I'll All the warnings. Like, yes. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Uh, Kyle Getz, well, thank you for exploring this with me today. And it took some guts to do that. So I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for building a place that, that makes people like me feel comfortable exploring these and talking through this idea. Like that's also a testament to what you've built and what you've kind of set up and, and the environment you've created. So I appreciate you and, and what you do. Thank you for having me. Anytime. And I'd love to come back on gayish whenever you need a really yeah. cool disabled guest. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you should come on, have a nice gay too, to, um, you should, you should be, you can be on all our stuff. I would love that. I mean, when you, when that, when that Shakespeare thing comes out, I'll do, I'll be a voice actor. Let me know. <laughs> so many, you just, Andrew Gerzer just pops up everywhere and everything. We everywhere. Do. I mean, I'm fine with that. Everywhere. <laughs> good, good. All right, Kyle. Well, thanks for coming on Disability After Dark today. And I will talk to you soon. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, friends, that's another episode of Disability After Dark in the books. Thank you so much for making this episode comfy, cozy, and crippled, and I hope you enjoyed sitting down with your favorite disabled person on the internet and talking all things disability. Thank you so much for being here. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to my website, andrewgerza.com, or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at andrewgerza1. If you want to be on the show, you can, of course, email us at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com with your disability story. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to support Disability After Dark, you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and pledge as little as $1 a month up to $5 a month or more, or even a yearly amount if that works for your budget. We at Disability After Dark, me, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for supporting this show and Cripple Co. and all the things we do. And tune in next week when we shine a light on another disability story right here on Disability After Dark. Bye, friends! Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was created, recorded, and produced by Cripple and Co. Productions and Andrew Gerza. Any and all use of materials graphics, audio recordings, etc. cannot be used or distributed without express permission. If you would like to use an episode of the podcast or license an episode of the podcast on your website, please consider emailing Andrew Gerza and Crippling Co-Productions at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. Copyright 2022